Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, Eric Carlson has been traded and Sens fans have a bad taste in their mouth after learning about where. And we'll get a scattering report on the newest Ottawa Senator from our colleague on Locked On Rangers, John Chick. Plus, who would go in a shootout this upcoming season for the Senators? Pilsy and I will let you know who we have atop of our list. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 853 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, please like and subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. We're also free and available on YouTube. Today is Monday, August 7th and Pillsy. Why did it have to be the Pittsburgh Penguins for Eric Carlson? Because, Ross, Kyle Dubas is obsessed with acquiring former Ottawa Senators. It's like he he cannot help himself. But, yeah, of all the places, Ross, this was the second uh, least favorite of mine. Third. You'd rather see him in Montreal? I think so, because Montreal, like... Who cares? They're not going to go anywhere with it. Like the Leafs, that's actually that's actually a threat. And the Penguins, like man, that was the team that beat the Carlson Sens in the playoffs over and over and over. Like sure, it'd be gross seeing him in a Habs jersey, but like I wouldn't like I wouldn't be worried about it. That's right. the difference, right? No, that's fair. That's fair. And to see everyone do a one eighty because they used to always be like, oh, PK Subban, so much better than yeah. Eric Carlson. <laughs> So they'd have to do a 180 there. But you're right. The Pittsburgh Penguins beat out Eric Carlson's Ottawa Senators not once, not twice. I believe he was there for the third time as well. And there was another time before Eric Carlson in uh, in 08, and we don't have to talk about that. But basically, it's a bad place for Ottawa Senators fans to see Eric Carlson go. If you don't know the entire trade, it's complicated, and the Habs are involved. Yes. And Mike Hoffman <laughs> is involved. I saw that <laughs> for course. a second, and I, I thought, oh, my goodness. Is Eric Carlson going to be teammates with Mike Hoffman again? That would have made it all worth it because the drama around that would have been all time. And the Sharks finally, well, I shouldn't say that. They might flip Hoffman for picks yet again, but Hoffman was a member of the San Jose Sharks for what, hours? Like it wasn't a full day, right? Was it? It was like 15 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was crazy. So um, yeah, but uh, I don't, I don't know. Are you going to, are you going to read the whole trade offer? That's kind of a lot. It's a nine-player trade. Basically, Eric Carlson is going to the Pittsburgh Penguins along with Rem Pitlick, the son of Lance Pitlick. So he was born in Ottawa, funny enough. But he comes from Montreal, and they also get a third-round pick. So I I more so just want to focus on what San Jose is getting. Okay, Montreal gets a second-round pick and a bunch of whatever. Petrie comes back. Yeah, and San Jose gets Mikhail Granlund, Mike Hoffman, Jan Ruta, and a first round pick in 2024, top 10 protected. Like if you're San Jose, man, that's that's not great. It it's worse than not great, Ross. That is bad. Like I was shocked at the return here. Like 
basically, I thought them retaining salary alone would have been worth a first rounder. And then obviously you throw in a first rounder for a hundred point defenseman. Like, I don't like, obviously that's a tough uh, contract. Like it's still with retained salary, $10 million for four more years on a, you know, 30 plus uh, year old defenseman that has had major injuries throughout his career. But well, thanks to a Pittsburgh Penguin for one of them. We will not be mentioning that show, that name on this show. I'll tell you that. Uh, um, I do have to cook after we record tonight. <laughs> that's too close. <laughs> that was good, though. That was good. Um, but, man, if you look at this from this perspective, like the San Jose Sharks, <laughs> when you put the total package together, what they gave up to get Carlson and what they got in return, like if you do the full cycle, it is embarrassing. It's like you had to pick the pocket lint out before counting the pennies in your hand that you got back from that. Yeah. Like, I look, I, I know, like, this is just a matter of the Sharks and Eric Carlson needed to go their separate ways. So there wasn't a whole lot of leverage. And Eric Carlson made it very clear he wanted to go to a contender. So, and he's got an insane contract. So their hands are tied. But man, they're essentially just like, getting rid of him just to acquire more guys that can flip in Granlund and uh, Hoffman and getting a first and a, def- a big defenseman they hope works out. Like, I don't know. If I was a Sharks fan, I would not be too stoked about this. But it's all a part of the rebuild. They got it. They got to start tearing it down. Yeah, and we're not Sharks fans, so it really doesn't matter. The only thing that matters to Sens fans is that it's tough to see Eric Carlson go to the Pittsburgh Penguins. But enough about that. Let's get to John Chick as well. We also want to get to our shootout lineup. It's going to be really fun to kind of go through that and all the possibilities, which, I mean, DeBrinket was good at shootouts. I'll give him that. He was good. When there was nobody else on the ice to defend him except for a goalie, he was very, very effective last year and in his career. But can the Senators withstand that? We'll get into that afterwards. But first, we've got someone to tell you about who helps out the show. You're listening to Locked on Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Athletic Greens. Guys, this is a simple routine that you can do to try to have a healthy lifestyle. Ross and I are both on the Athletic Greens AG1 kick. I had mine this morning. I got a new shipment in right to my door. And the reason it's so good is one delicious scoop of AG1 in your glass water each day. And you're going to be absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and more, so you can start your day off right. And this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of these things while being lifestyle friendly. AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no uh, chemicals, no artificial anything, all while tasting great. So right now, reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Go to www.athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance from Athletic Greens. Today's episode is also brought to you by Farm to Fork Delivery. It's a premium meat and seafood delivery company. It's Farm to Fork. Farm to Fork Delivery.ca and go check them out for all your premium seafood and meat needs. They've got all sorts of bundles on their website as well. I love checking those out when I go to Farm to Fork Delivery.ca because I like variety. Some say it's the spice of life. And when you get the barbecue bundle, you can have all sorts of different 
foods that are all individually vacuum sealed, no hormones, no antibiotics. It's all legit right there for you. In the barbecue bundle, I get sirloin, I get Angus beef burgers, I get pork loins, I get skinless chicken thighs, I get bacon wrapped chicken breast. Whoa. That's not all. I get strip loin steaks. I get ribeye steaks. My favorite. No antibiotics. Cage free when it comes to the poultry. Grain fed start to finish. Taste the farm to fork difference. I'm telling you, go check it out and use the promo code SENDS10. Be the hero that has everyone over to your house for a barbecue. And you can do that thanks to Farm to Fork. So use promo code SENDS10 to get 10% off your first order. Go check them out right now. Farm to fork delivery.ca. Taste the farm to fork difference. You will never go back to grocery store meats. All right, Pilsy, one more note before we get to John Chick on this whole Carlson thing. And our friend Tyler Ray, at Defense Minister on Twitter, had it a very, made me think. Okay. Don't the Pittsburgh Penguins right now kind of remind you of where the San Jose Sharks were when they traded for Eric Carlson? Yeah, I mean, and you brought this point up, Ross, like, and I remember going back to the day being like, why do the Sharks want Carlson? It doesn't make it's doesn't fit with their team. They already have Brent Burns. They had uh, and still do have Vlasic, like two big, uh, not so I'm not talking size, but big contract defensemen. And it didn't work. Brent, Brent Burns and Carlson together. Is it going to work? Latang and Carlson together and. You look at the Sharks, how they were set up, very similar to the Penguins right now. So that's a good point. And like Chris Letang is like a poor man's Eric Carlson. Like they play the same style. Yep. Only one puck, right? Apparently. There's only one puck. So we'll see how that all works out. How will Vladimir Tarasenko work out with the Ottawa Senators? We enlisted an expert, John Chick. Maybe the best radio voice on the Locked On Podcast Network. I hope you enjoy our conversation with him because we talked to... Jamie Rivers, by the way, amazing story. Great feedback. And I also have to say thank you for all the birthday wishes. There's so many there on YouTube. I'm going to get back to them uh, in due time, but I do really appreciate that the other day. But Jamie Rivers, all-time storyteller, and he told us about the St. Louis angle. So, Pilsy, should we get to the New York angle? Yeah, let's do it. Let's throw it over to our our, uh, good pal, John Chick. Although his time in New York was limited, John, what can you tell us about what you saw from Tarasenko? Yeah, it's funny. Anytime, uh, you know, obviously we do these crossover episodes, whether it's all of us or anybody else on the on the network, whenever, you know, a player goes from one team to another, or there's a trade or anything along those lines. And uh, the thing I always say, like with these rental players that the Rangers have had and they go somewhere else, it's like, man, we were just getting to know this guy, you know, yeah. and now he's out the door. And uh, in this case, Tarasenko heads to Ottawa. Uh, overall, he did a nice job. I think he's exactly what the Rangers needed at the time. Uh, again, we were talking right before we hit record here about how, the Rangers, in my very humble opinion, over the last few years, uh, their biggest weakness has been right wing. Uh, you got Capo Caco there, which, I mean, you know, that's great and everything, and there's still some upside. And um, But when he's on the kid line, you know, he's usually on the third line right wing. And then you're filling out right wing with guys like, you know, Barkley Goodrow, Jimmy Vesey, solid players, but not guys you really see as top sixers. So they really needed somebody uh, that could come in. And, uh, you know, keep up with, um, you know, the top players in the Rangers as far as scoring was concerned. And, man, Vladimir Tarasenko, I mean, former cup champion. He's played in a whole yeah. bunch of playoff games. He's had some clutch moments in the playoffs. Uh, it felt like he was just what the doctor ordered. And uh, he certainly had his moments with the Rangers. But, you know, in that playoff series against the Devils, he was one of a lot of Rangers. They felt like never really, like, 
got it going. You know, mm-hmm. it, the first two games were great, and everybody was on the score sheet. Um, and Tarasenko was honestly the least of the Rangers' problems in that series. But, uh, yeah, just one of a lot of guys that never quite put his best foot forward. Um, but while he was here, man, he was awesome. I, I think one thing that really stands out, and it's one of those things, you know, you're aware of it, but you appreciate it more when you see him playing it on your team. And I think you yep. guys are going to see this too. That wrist shot of his, man, it, it's unbelievable. Ooh. You know, it's it, it's such a cliche to say like, oh, yeah, blink and you miss it. No, literally, if you blink, you might miss him scoring a goal. Like, he'll, he'll shoot before you think he's going to shoot. And because his wrist shot is so lightning quick, you know, get past the goalie before the goalie even knows what happened. So I, I think you're going to enjoy that. Uh, overall, yeah, I think Tarasenko was a great fit for the Rangers um, as far as, you know, uh, hockey, but also in the, in the in the locker room as well. I, I think he fit right in from a culture standpoint, and uh, hopefully he does the same thing for you guys there with Ottawa. And he played exclusively right wing for you guys? Yeah, it was all right wing. Um, you know, the, the Rangers, it's honestly hard to even keep track of, like, all his different lines because – you know, Gerard Gallant, who, you know, I, I'm thankful for what he did here. He got this team, obviously, into the playoffs the last two years, the great run two years ago. But a common complaint with him, he just changes his lines so much that you can't even keep track of who's playing with who. Right. And, you know, so for a while, you know, you had Panarin, Mika, and Tarasenko, and that was a ton of fun, the three of them yeah. playing together. Um, there was a time where, uh, you know, it was Panarin and Trocek and Tarasenko. There was times where it was uh, Tarasenko up there with Kreider and Mika, I mean, again, it was very difficult to keep track of. But, um, yeah, again, he, he did a nice job for the Rangers. No complaints about anything that happened there. He had more assists than goals, which hasn't always been the case. Usually he's kind of 50-50 in that. Is is playmaking something that's underrated with his game? I would say so, yeah. I mean, for a while, you know, once they made the trades, they bring over uh, Tarasenko as well as, obviously, Patrick Kane. Yep. Uh, you know, Tarasenko's passing stood out on the power play for me, and – you know, the, the power play for a little while was a little discombobulated because you bring in two right wingers, two superstar players, two guys that are used to being on the top line. And then eventually they dropped Kane down to the second unit. Um, but Tarasenko, man, he, he can definitely move the puck and um, just a great all around player. You know, there's there's um, you could look at him as more of a playmaker. You could look at him as a little bit more of a sniper. I mean, I tend to think of him, I guess, a little bit more as a playmaker. And then he's got that great shot to go along with it. But yeah, just a well-rounded player, good defensive player as well. And uh, somebody that. You know, if the centers, if they're going to make a push for the playoffs, you got to figure he's going to be one of the guys you know, leading the charge for you guys. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing that I kind of um, realized a little bit more about Tarasenko, too, is his size. Like, usually when you think of a sniper, you think, you know, probably like decent size, but nothing too big, where you look at his dimensions and him on the ice, and uh, he's kind of a big guy. Like, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that that can be a bit of a bonus as well. Is this something, though, John, where, I mean, he played 31 games with the New York Rangers and had zero penalty minutes. Is he just clean, or would you like him to go into the dirty areas a little bit more? Um, I mean, when you get a stat like that, it's probably a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, you know, um, on one hand. The fact that he doesn't take penalties is obviously a good thing. He's not putting them uh, in a bad situation. Uh, By that same token, though, you know, I, it kind of reminds me of the Lady Bing trophy, which, like, it's a nice trophy to win and everything, and it's cool, but at the same time, it's like, maybe you want to be a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you want to be that much of a gentleman on the ice? You know <laughs> what I mean? And uh, I don't know if Tarasenko's ever been in the running for that, but, um, yeah, you know, like like you said, I, I think it's a little bit of the two uh, the two categories there. Um, you know, th- and that was a problem with the Rangers. There, it felt like, um, especially in the top six, there just weren't enough guys to go to the dirty parts of the rink, get in behind, you know, play behind the goal line, anything along those lines. Um, and I think that's why that series against the Devils kind of got away from them a little bit. Just not enough guys um, 
who are apt to, you know, get their, their nose dirty and just go into the dirty parts of the rink. And Tarasenko is included in that. Now, how big of a loss is it having Tarasenko and Kane not being able to come back? I mean, the Rangers are pretty cl- close up to it with the cap here. And I, I think I saw uh, Alexis Lafreniere still not signed, still RFA. So w- was it kind of the mindset, hey, these guys are pure rentals. Let's see how it goes. Or do you think there was some idea that, hey, maybe we can keep one or both of these guys if things work out? Yeah, I mean, I always say when it comes to that kind of stuff, never say never. You know, you never know for sure what's going to happen. And I mean, look, if the Rangers want to keep Tarasenko badly enough, he could trade this guy, you could trade that guy. But then you're bending over backwards. And, you know, Tarasenko is getting into his 30s now. Uh, Igor Shosturkin's going to need a new contract in a yeah. couple of years. So I, I don't think you want to be locking yourself into a long-term deal with Tarasenko. And then, oh, no, we don't have enough to pay Igor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So never say never. And the fact that he ends up with a one-year deal, I, I think the fact that once it was looking like he was going to take a one-year deal, whether it was with the Senators or anybody else, it kind of cracked open the door a little bit that maybe they could bring him back. Maybe you trade Barclay Goodrow to add a little bit of cap space. But yeah, you know, for the most part, when they got Tarasenko, when they got Kane, I, I saw them mostly as rentals. And we'll see what happens with Patrick Kane. Obviously, he's yeah. not going to sign for a, a while, it would seem. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I again, you, you always have some hope and you keep your fingers crossed a little bit. But um, from the moment they trade for him, Right up until the second the Senators signed him, I, I figured it was probably uh, strictly a rental for, for the Rangers and Tarasenko. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace. Go get one today, Shawarma Palace. And I was looking, and you can too, on their Instagram, Shawarma Palace Ottawa. By the way, it's the only place to go in Ottawa for Shawarma since 1997. And on their Instagram, they were posting a screenshot from Uber Eats. They're the exclusive delivery partner of Shawarma Palace. Buy one, get one free for garlic potatoes, among other things. That is the still century. You have to go get one, get two for the price of one over at Shawarma Palace. If you want to go into one of their locations, though, you can head over to Shawarma Palace at seven different locations in Ottawa. I'm talking that you can go to Shawarma Palace downtown. You can go to Shawarma Palace in Orleans. You can go to Shawarma Palace near Banking Hunt Club as well. You're never too far away from a Shawarma Palace. They're also in the uh, St. Laurent Shopping Center and on Carleton University campus. So go check them out and let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. I drool when I think of Shawarma Palace. I can't wait to get back to Ottawa and go get myself a Shawarma Palace. So for those who can't, go to Shawarma Palace right now. Eat like a royal tonight. Eat at Shawarma Palace. All right, Pilsy. Stick taps for John Chick for joining us. By the way, that was just a part of our long conversation with John. So you want to hear more? Go check out Locked On Rangers and make sure you subscribe. John Chick doing great work over there at Locked On Rangers. Pilsy. The Senators have been doing a lot of work, but how will it turn out? I know the shootouts are few and far between. They only had three this past season. One of them was a marathon. I believe it went nine or ten rounds late in the season against Toronto. But do you think generally the Sens are set up well to compete in the skills competition? I, I think so. Like uh, there was even a couple times. I, I know you're uh, you're a big abolish the shootout guy. I I don't love it, but. There's some times where I'm like, oh, man, 
maybe overtime three on three, the Sens aren't as as dominant as uh, the team they're up against. But in shootout, I feel like they've got them outmatched. So sometimes I'm kind of hoping it goes to shootout because I think they have better odds. But uh, overall, I would say they're a bit better than average. Like they're in the top half of uh, shootout uh, shooters. Yeah, that's fair. I think obviously they've got some top end talent. We're going to get to it. But I, I think it's less like abolish the shootout just because I love three on three. It's just so exciting. The end to end rushes, the, the odd man rushes, the turnovers. And the best is when you can tell a team's hemmed in their zone for a minute and a half and the guys are so tired they can, they can barely move. And you're like, come on, this rules. And then the best, Pilsy, when they get a turnover and they're so tired and you're like, does he have a rush? And they're like, no, they just hold possession rag the puck backwards and make sure they hold on for everyone to come and get the change. So just the strategy of three on three and how it's developed, I find so fascinating. But for times where it does get to a shootout, who is your number one shooter, Pilsy, for the Ottawa Senators? This was a easy decision for me. It's got to be Tim Stutzla. I mean, he's the most talented player on this team, the most skilled player. And in his short amount of time in the league, he's had decent success in the shootout going um, five for 11, good for 45.5% success rate. So I love starting things off with Timmy because you never know what you're going to get. That's fair in terms of starting it with the most talented shooter. I also agree that Tim Stutzel is the most talented guy in the shootout, but he's my second shooter. Okay. So he's, he's who I want. If your first guy goes, He's the guy it scores and then you get a save. He's the guy who I want with the ability to really put the clamps on. Okay. And if you if you miss your first shooter, now at least you're not like, oh, we missed our first shooter. He's our best shooter. Now we're screwed. So okay. I've actually, that's fair. That's an interesting approach. I have my best shooter two, my second best shooter three. And my first shooter, though, leading it off is Josh Norris. Because one, I think he's gonna shoot more than Deke. Yes. And that's going to get into the goalie's head a little bit, especially when I have two guys who deke more coming behind him. I want to kind of get your goalie off balance a little bit. And Josh Norris is a guy who, I mean, the coach has relied on in the past. He's two for six in his career in shootouts. But I just think that the way he can put pressure by just coming in with a lot of speed and ripping a shot, I think that that's a good way to start. So I got Josh Norris as my number one, and I'll just go with my number two right now because it's Tim Stutzla, Timmy Superstar, guy's an absolute stud. He can shoot, he can deke. He's got that little move where he holds, 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 and then puts it five hole. But if you don't bite five hole, then he'll take it back in and put it upstairs. Like he's got a bag of tricks and he's just so fun to watch. So I got Timmy at number two. Nice. Uh, I got Drake at number two, just because I feel like he's similar to Timmy where he'll try to pull off a creative move. So keep the goalies on their toes, keep them moving. uh, And, and you get um, a left-hand shot then a right-hand shot. So switch it up a little side to side. Uh, and then I'll just go to my number three is Josh Norris. Kind of similar to what you said, but I want my first two guys to really have the goalie thinking, worried about what's going to happen, all the crazy deeks. And then the third guy, if it comes to it, quit messing around. Just go in there, rip one bar down, and let's call it a day. So that's why I want Josh Norris as the third guy. Okay, funny enough, like like I said, I think you kind of went with your number one guy first and move it down there. You mentioned a bit of strategy as well, but Drake Batherson is is my number three guy. He's the guy who's going to put things away if you have an opportunity to win it and the guy who could keep things alive like he did against Toronto late in the season when he came down. He, he's also got a big bag of tricks. Uh, when he came on, when he was still in juniors, he told us that if it's at the start of a period, he deeks. If it's late in the period, he shoots. But that just tells you that he's confident in either move. 
So I like that from Drake Batherson. I also like that, you know, he had those two chances in the before the COVID break and he missed both. But since COVID, he's four for eight in uh, in shootout. So he's 50%. So I like Solid. that. So Batherson's number three for me. And I think from here we can kind of expand it a little bit. We did a top 10 just for fun, but Who's your who's your next best? Who's the guy who's going fourth? Because obviously it's three three, but how many times does it extend past that? So I'm going with Closerou next. Now he hasn't necessarily been kind of uh, dominant in the shootout. I got him at uh, thirty for hundred and three attempts. That's right around thirty um, percent. But I just think that's the kind of guy where you've got the young guns going out, but then if it gets past those three. Just put out the vet that's done this over a hundred times and let him do it. Uh, do what he does. You know what I mean? Like just have him go, calm everything down, and write the ship. I'm not even exaggerating, Pilsy. I'm not exaggerating by this. And if we want, we can add up the numbers. The other nine on our list combined don't have a hundred shots. Yeah, yeah. Wow, holy. Like not even close. Tarasenko helps out, but still, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Tarasenko helps out. He has thirty something. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else combined has about 30 beyond Tarasenko. Kubalik has two. Zub has none. Chikrin has three. Pinto has one. Like, we're, we're not even close. No. Wow. That's impressive. But I have Tarasenko five. I see you have Brady five. Brady, to me, is like, okay, he's your captain. He can't be too far down. He's also 0 for 6. He's never scored in a shootout. So, at some point, you kind of have to call a spade and spade and say, hey, if we're doing jam plays in front, you're our guy. But, like... From the red line in, I think we've got some other shooters. Yeah, and that's fair. But I put him at number five just because if it doesn't work with Claude, the respected veteran, all right, Brady, I don't care how you do it, figure it out. But the thing is, Ross, and I realize these are two very different things, even though they seem similar. Brady's really good at scoring breakaway goals. Like we've seen him score a a bunch of highlight, real overtime game-winning breakaway goals. Now, like I prefaced, I am fully aware the shootout and a breakaway are very different kind of uh, situations, even though it's just player on goalie. But I got to believe he's, he's got it in him not to, not to necessarily beat the goalie, but to win the game. If you know what I mean, you know, like he's, it's not that he's going to outsmart the goalie, but his will to win is going to be better than that goalie's will to win. It just never has yet. <laughs> with the over six record but no i I get, I get your point it just it hasn't gone his way yet in the yeah, shooting i yeah. still can't believe we've been robbed of no artem zub yet like we need to get artem zub in the mix he's number seven for me but it's nice. just like at this point it's just a group of guys like my six seven eight nine and ten have a combined one career shootout goal and it's jacob chikra and and we have the same uh, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, yeah. And then you and I have five and six flip because I have Tarasenko yep. at five. But I think what I'm getting at here, Pilsy, is I don't really want any shootouts to go past five rounds. Yeah, I mean six. six. Yeah, definitely don't want it going past six. Yeah, because then and like Thomas Shabbat could even be an option. He's over three though, so we left him off. But he has like the hands that like you'd probably be a little more confident in. But Chikrin's not in tight. Shabbat doesn't have good hands in tight, in my opinion. You know what I'm also learning here? I think there's only, well, also, no, no, we got a few because Pinto's a righty and Zub's a righty. And, and then you've got Giroux and Patterson. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're not worried about the righty-lefty uh, flip. That's We'll save that for our power play episode because that's yes. where it gets a little dicey. Yeah, big time. That'll be fun. 
Yeah. All right, Pilsy. That's a shootout. Let us know in the comments. How confident are you in the Ottawa Senators once they get to shootouts? Or would you like to see it abolished like me and get those three-on-threes over and over again? Uh, Final thoughts on today's show. Final thoughts for me is we just finished recording our second Ring of Honor episodes. This this time, the topic was best Ottawa Senators jerseys. And Ross, I really think this is going to be a close poll. We're not going to see Martian run away with it like he did last time. And I think uh, it's going to be a lot tighter because jerseys are so weird what people like, what they don't like. So can't wait to see the results of the fan voting poll on Twitter at Send Central. Really looking forward to that. We're going to post the audio as well, but go check it out on YouTube. Easier fall. We got the visuals up with different jerseys, all sorts of fun, different intricacies that we're looking to build here with the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. We're about to hit another uh, cute little milestone, but the next big milestone that we're celebrating here on the show is 10K, right? We got to get the 10K. We're at uh, 6195, right? That's YouTube subscribers, yeah. Yes, it is. And make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Hit uh, follow on Twitter, on Instagram, and all that great stuff. We are gearing up for the season. Nobody has wall-to-wall coverage like we do, whether it's summer, whether it's the middle of the season. Postcast is coming back. Lots of exciting things happening on the network where, again, go follow John Chick. And thank you to him for coming on the show. And uh, lots of good things happening off the show as well as Pilsy's getting his bags packed to come to Winnipeg this upcoming weekend. But that doesn't mean that any shows will be missed. We might do next Monday's Tuesday. We'll talk about that later. But we have Scott Wheeler coming up on Friday's show, talking prospects, got to get his take on on uh, the World Junior Showcase and Oscar Pedersen, among others. Ridley Gregg, thank you for him. Uh, Stutza Sanderson won two there in his 2020 redraft. So lots of great stuff coming up later this week as well in the show. Another Send Central Citizen all the way from England. Lots of great stuff coming. So we hope that you stick around and join us for all that. For today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. <laughs>